Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome to episode 40 of Respect Our Decision. As always, I'm Hirsch, and with me is the hype man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? How you doing? CJ, the man, McCann. What's going on, guys? Guys, we got a jam-packed recruiting episode for you today. We're going to hit on a lot of different kids, man, talk about where the Gators stand in a lot of these kids' recruitments. But before we get to all that, guys, first and foremost, we want to say, as always, Go out and download us wherever you get your podcast from. But after that, guys, we want to give a big shout out and a big time thank you to you, Gator Nation, for getting us this week to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, guys. This has been a goal of ours since day one. 1,000 was our was our big time goal to get to. And you guys smashed through the roof, man. We're up to almost 1,100 now. You guys killed it. You guys have just shown tremendous support on all the videos in the last three to four weeks, and we can't thank you enough. And as promised, guys, we said for the last month, we were having a giveaway for a hat from Alma Mater. CJ showed that hat off in, um, you know, uh, what do you call it there? Uh, wore it and gave y'all all the hype about that Did hat. A lot, of, a lot of things. A lot of things yeah. about the hat. <laughs> Promoting the hat. I'm struggling, man. I, I sold the hat, baby. He Zoolandered the hat for y'all. <laughs> I, I did indeed so guys we're gonna go ahead real quick and we're gonna do this giveaway live right here on the air um for you that are listening to it you're just gonna have to trust us i got a hat in my hand we got all the names entered in this hat this ain't the hat you're gonna win this is my hat but we're gonna do this <laughs> live right have now this hat. reaching in we're reaching in we're reaching in and chris sorley is the winner Chris Sorley? Isn't All Chris right. on Facebook too? Chris I think is one was... of our Facebook guys. Yeah. Man, that's awesome! Good guy to win there. Always participates with us on the uh, part of the People Show. Chris, if you're listening to this, man, get in contact with us either on the Facebook group or if you have Twitter, hit us up in our uh, DMs on Twitter, and we'll get that hat sent out to you as soon as possible. Thank you again, everybody that participated in it. Chris, we're going to give you a week, man, to get a hold of us. And if um, if Chris doesn't claim it in a week, man, that those guys will sit there and we'll we'll draw the next name. But I got a feeling Chris is going to come through on that hat. I know he's <laughs> always follows along and asks questions on our Facebook group, like we said. Guys, we want to just say one more time, thank you so much for all your support, getting us to 1,000 subscribers. Now we got a new goal, man. 2,000 subscribers That's right. and onward and upward, man. We're going to keep bringing y'all the content. You guys just keep hitting that subscribe button, man. Drop a like on the video and drop comments, man. I read those comments. We read Wes reads through those comments. We all read those comments. We appreciate all your interactions as always, guys. Let's just keep growing this thing. And as you know, man, recruiting never stops. It's, it's a 365 day a year business. We got a lot to talk about. 
And June's going to be a busy month. But to get to June, man, we got to go through May. And the coaches are out on the road. We got kids still coming into town every weekend. And, hey, it's it's just another episode and another commitment. We, we just keep doing this thing, man. We can do this for a while. And we'll be all right with it. I mean, so this week, Isaiah Williams commits to the Gators, a speedster out of the Tampa area. Uh, we posted a clip of Connor when he was on with us a couple weeks ago on our social media pages. If, if you didn't see it, go check it out. When we asked who was an under-the-radar prospect that, that really excited Connor and the, chances, and, and the Gators' chances of getting that prospect, and boy, his face lit up if you haven't seen the clip talking about Isaiah Williams, that Isaiah Williams, he saw him in a camp and he was just unguardable, just fast lightning receivers. Currently number 325 in the composite at a Carrollwood day down there in Tampa. The Gators continue to add speed to the wide receiver position. Wes, are you hyped about this commitment? Yeah, I'm hyped, man. Um, you know, we all know who the big fish is out there for as far as receivers, but you need guys like this to play the slot, uh, type of guys that may be on special teams and things like that. And the thing that we've been harboring over the last couple of years, besides, and, and I don't want to say Kadarius Tony was a speedster type receiver, but he was a shifty type guy, that playmaker. And sometimes you, you, in special playing in SEC, uh, we've seen Bama do it. Uh, Georgia's not that type of team. They, they more run the ball. They get more big plays that way. But when you want to score, you want to score big, you want to score fast, you need guys that can just break out and take one to the house. And we haven't had those type of guys in-house in a very, very long time. So uh, we, we talked about the class last year in the 23 class with all the speeches we got there. And I love it. I love adding guys that can just – when the ball is in the hand, they can make something happen at. And uh, we see that with this type of guy. Uh, you mentioned Connor. We had him on two weeks ago, uh, our reporter and our friend. I think he's been on here, what, three times now? And uh, when CJ asked that question and, and, and Connor started talking about when he saw him at that camp uh, and how special and underrated that guy is, probably because of his size. And you're not going to see those type of guys rated that high because of their size and the projection of what they might be. Because uh, the people don't know the recruiting rankings are based off what they think these guys might be, not in college, but in the NFL. So they're projecting what their peak potential will be when it, when it gets into the NFL. So you're not going to see that type of guy rated that high. But to add this type of guy to the class, like I said, of course, the big fish that we want and adding the guys and the guys that we already had from last year, this recruit, I mean, this wide receiver room is getting good. And I, and shout out to Billy G. Uh, people were wondering when he was going to get a receiver in in, in, uh, in the class. And, and and he got one that, that I like and I love. Uh guy that can also contribute on special teams, something that we've struggled with lately. I think probably since Andre DeBose or, or maybe if you want to say uh, Antonio Callaway on, on punt returns, but we, we need as much speed as we can. I don't want to be one of those big 10 slow teams. I want uh, special athletes on the field, and and he's definitely uh, someone that can provide that for us. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be made about uh, Isaiah Williams. Um, there was a lot of concern about his numbers and things, but that was because of an injury issue he had last year and he switched schools. Um, you know, he went from one school to another. He played his, you know, his uh, season there last year. We had a collarbone issue. I think he only played in like five games. Um, what really has stood out to people though is where he's been at in his camps, um, to be rated as high as he is and get the kind of love that he's getting to have had a pretty lackluster season last year. Uh, kind of shows what everybody thinks he can be. Um, it shows where he's at as far as his speed, his skill set. So I'm I'm excited to get a guy like this because it's kind of where the game has moved to. You know, you used to want big six four, you know, go down the field and get it, guys. Now you want guys that can come across the middle and really make plays with their you know shiftiness, um, you know, setting jukes and spins and all kinds of stuff to try to wiggle uh, the defenders. And, and I think that's just where the game is kind of changed is just getting those, you know, getting the balls in those guys' hands and letting them just kind of make moves and let their athleticism take over in those situations. And I think Isaiah Williams is the kind of guy that you want. Um, when you look at the wide receivers we've recruited and the guys that are on our board, we're not hurting for speed. We, we haven't really gone after a big lumbering wide receiver like a Dejon Reynolds or, you know, Justin Shorter or those kind of guys. It's all about the 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 quick, shifty, get it in space and make something happen kind of guys. Um, so 
I don't think we're going to be lacking for speed. You're going to have a bunch of guys. We've already got Mizell and Gene and Eugene Wilson coming in who are just absolute speedsters. And you add a guy like Isaiah Williams into that, that bunch. And, you know, it's going to be hard to keep up with guys like that. They're going to be able to get open and get space downfield and really make some big plays. Yeah, guys. And, Let's just be honest here. I mean, as it stands today, I don't think this is going to be the last receiver we pull out of the Tampa area in this cycle. Um, things look to be in very good shape for TJ Moore. Knock on wood. Um, so, if we pull those two kids out of Tampa, man, it, we need to hit the we need to hit the inroads in Tampa and get strong, yeah. like you know, once again. So, I love to see what the staff is doing. Um, obviously, you missed out on. On Wes's boy uh, Keeley down there last year in Tampa, but the staff is is hitting it, man. Trying to make those inroads and make those relationships happen down there. Um, you really need to get a foothold in the major cities again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you you need a foothold, and you need a foothold in Orlando. You need one in Tampa. You need one in Miami. You need one in Jacksonville, and you need one in Pensacola. You have to have those cities in this, in you know, in the in the state pretty well where you're getting two or three kids from each area every year because right you should be competing you should be Mm -hmm. fighting for those guys because they're telling which areas you're right cj i mean you really got to be in those and we did we weren't for a while no Um, and you've seen ohio state you've seen alabama you've seen georgia come into state and take kids out of these talent rich areas um and billy's trying to trying to lock that up a little bit and it's it's exciting to see uh, we talked about this when we began the show, way back when we began the show, episode one. We're on episode 40 now. Relationships. Billy had to build these relationships back up. They were they were destroyed by the previous staff, uh, you know, and Billy from week one was having high school coaches come up for clinics and talking to them and whatnot and making these relationships happen, and you're starting to see that bear fruit in the recruiting trail in big ways. So – Got to keep it up, man. Got to keep applying pressure every every day. Uh, we had some great visitors in town last weekend. We're going to start with uh, the big names. One one of the big names, David Stone at IMG was here visiting. Uh, had a great visit. Said he had a great conversation with Billy Napier. But I'm not going to sit here and pump the sunshine on you guys. This this kid has been projected to Oklahoma for a long time. He's from Oklahoma. Um, another team maybe to watch in this is Texas because we know they like to over over, you know, they like to show shell out the big money for some of these kids to keep them out in that area. Um, I'm not going to say it's impossible. No, nothing's ever impossible, but this one's a really really low percentage. So great to get them on campus. Always good to get the five stars on campus. Shows the staff is not closing any doors. But. Let's move on to a couple guys I think we probably got a bit a better chance for. And and one being Jordan Seaton, offensive lineman out of the uh, uh Washington DC area up there. Number 52 in uh in the composite right now, the number one interior offensive lineman in the country is ranked by 247 composite right this moment. So a guy that they also talked about that maybe they could grow into being a left tackle. They they sat down, they talked to him about it and uh and i believe he tweeted out to dj after his visit did he not west that uh hey every, you know every quarterback needs a left tackle yeah um, so really good vibes coming out of this visit uh most people with their ear to the ground say this is this is uh a, a, we're in the top two with this one i believe ohio state might be the other one so you're never you're never in the clear when ohio state is involved we know that but this is a kid that's getting some real good vibes out of us. And a lot of people close to the situation think that we've got a, a hitter's chance on this, on this kid to pull him home. Now we've been talking about the importance of getting some of these offensive linemen in, and this would be a, a huge win if the staff could pull it off, but we got a long ways to go on this one. So um, one of those battles though, that we keep talking about that, that, uh, Chris, Sa- you know, that, that Sale needs to win. Rob Sale, excuse me, not Chris Sale, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> but Rob Sale and Chris Stapleton, oh, man, I can't say anybody's name right tonight at all. I, I'm just in. I mean, yeah, to, to add on what you're saying when we were talking about <laughs> it, when I, when I first saw that, you know, he was a, 
uh, the number one rated and inside offensive lineman. And uh, I saw him in DJ's exchange and uh, you know how I feel about the offensive line coaches and what they've been doing. And this is, uh, we talked off air, me, you and CJ, and you know, you guys kind of uh, co-signed what I was saying about as far as DJ being, how important it was for him to be in the class already. And his comment or his uh, quote tweet to DJ was, every great quarterback needs a great uh, left tackle. And him saying that and uh, DJ, uh, for, of course, said something to him first. And then that was his quote tweet back to DJ when he was, DJ was recruiting him is, is the importance of having somebody that, uh, that authentic, that uh, uh, vibrant, that uh, uh, magnetic in your class as far as a quarterback. So, uh, if we get him, I, I will give Sale and Stapleton their <laughs> some sort of praise, but I'm going to give more praise to DJ and the, and the fact that because he's our QB one, that this is a kid we might get because of him. Yeah, we definitely we definitely got to start seeing some movement on the offensive line recruiting. But you know, like I said, there's a lot of irons in the fire. We got a lot of you know pressure on some kids out in Texas that are going to come in for visits. But we just got to get that first one on board, man, and start seeing this thing shake out. Um, another kid that visited, and I know Wes is real big on this young man as well, um, Walter Mathau. Walter Mathau, I said it again. Tonight is not my night for names, guys. I'm struggling. <laughs> Walter Matthews, a six-seven tight end out of Hiram, Georgia, man. The Gators have been all over this kid. Russ Callaway is just really, really just – been recruiting this kid. There's been some really good vibes. Number 115 in the composite right now. Um, a kid that really liked his visit once again. We've heard we're in good shape for uh, one of these kids. Though once again, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to finish the deal on this one. We need a tight end badly in this class. Uh, CJ, how do you feel about Walter Matthews? I want to say that name. I I, I mean I everything's positive uh, that's come out about him. <laughs> So, you know, I want to kind of be positive about it. I want to see you, – it's one of those things It's like the tight end position to me has really been neglected uh, for a while with the last few staffs. And it, it, it's really a, a really, really – it's a damn shame when you have a guy like Kyle Pitts go in the first round of the NFL draft and you haven't capitalized on it. Um, you haven't – we had Sold a Eric Gilbert for about fifteen minutes, and yeah, yeah, I think everybody had Eric Gilbert for like fifteen <laughs> minutes. Um, but like you, you have like situations like that that you really just need to be able to capitalize on the tight end position. And we've got Arliss, and I love Arliss, but that's one guy. You know, I think our offense would benefit greatly for having two really dynamic tight end weapons, especially as much as we like to run the football, um, to have an extra blocker. It just it being really important, you know, we've had injury problems. Um, you lose Gamble, he goes to UCF, and then Zipper is hurt again, unfortunately. Um, looking, you know, you're kind of looking at Zipper to have like a pretty big year to come back to. Um, and it's just not going to happen, unfortunately, for that young man. So, I we need to start winning some tight end battles here because it's a really big position of need. Um, you know, you've got some guys there, some guys that they're kind of high on, but they're, they're all, there's a bunch of projects in the room. It's not, it's not like you have a really finished product at tight end that we're working with. Um, you know, Arliss probably being the closest to, to a finished product at tight end. It just, it needs a shot in the arm in that room. We need a guy. And I think Matthews could definitely do that. And also the, uh, the, the kid who's committed to uh, Tennessee Eccles is, is another kid that I think that we're pretty high on trying to flip him. Um, you know, one of those two guys would be very well welcomed in the room. Um, and I think they could make an immediate impact, especially providing a young quarterback like DJ Lagway when he gets here, a really good safety blanket that the, uh, the tight end position is, is known to bring for quarterbacks. Yeah, I'll take all the six, seven exactly. uh, tight ends with speed you can give me all day. Um, you know, the, I, it was said that the staff was going to try to go after a tight end in the portal, but. I don't think any tight ends really ever hit the portal after Zipper's injury, mm. uh, you know, and therein lies the problem with, with, you know, Oh, we'll just get somebody in the portal. Well, if, if nobody that can play at the university of Florida enters the portal, then you're kind of left holding the bag there. 
And that's where, you know, not taking a tight end in this last guy. Now we added Livingston, you know, and, and we'll see what that young man brings to the table. And he's, he might have to play this fall. So we'll, we'll see bearing that we don't have any more injuries at that position. Um, a big piece of news that came out this week, this guy, uh, this week, guys, and you know, we've talked about him a, a load of times, and West was talking about him a minute ago. Jeremiah Smith schedules an official visit to the University of Florida. Originally came out and said it was going to be on June 9th. Now, I don't know if somebody picked up the phone immediately and was like, "Wait a minute, we, we got to, <laughs> we got to fix this," but. Within a few hours, it came out that he rescheduled that visit and is now going to be here on June 2nd with DJ Lagway and and a cast of others. We've already talked about June 2nd is going to be a tremendous visit weekend. And June 9th is too, but if you want to make any more movement with this kid, you got to have him here with Lagway in that ear, man. That's And that seems to be Billy and company's strategy here is if Jeremiah Smith steps foot on this campus – you can bet DJ Lagway is going to be right here with him to say, Hey man, we could be doing this thing together. You know, you, you can stay down here where it's warm and catch passes from me. Or, or, you know, you can take, you know, your risk with that, with that wide receiver coach at Ohio state. You know, that guy ain't nobody. <laughs> that, that guy. <laughs> who, do you, who do you ever beat? <laughs> that, that heartline guy who keeps putting these receivers in the NFL, but man, make your, be your own man. You know, <laughs> that's right. Stand on your own um, two feet. Look guys, once again, you're not going to sit here and, and pump the sunshine on this one. This is an uphill battle of all uphill battles. But this is a battle that it looks like Billy Napier has said, we're going to give it everything we have. And if we miss, it's not going to be because we didn't shoot our shot. We're going to shoot our shot until there ain't any more balls left in the rack to shoot. <laughs> um, and I commend them for that, man, because, I mean, you know this is an uphill battle when you're facing Brian Hartline for a receiver that's already committed to him, has a great relationship with him, um, has continued to put receivers in the NFL draft after draft to even be still getting these visits to me shows that at least the kid is interested. I, 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 there's no other reason to, I mean, unless he's just, unless we're feeding him really good, there's no reason just to continue making these visits. He's been very vocal about he's solid to, to Ohio state, but, Sometimes the actions speak a little louder than words. Obviously, we'll have to get through the, the, the visit weekend of June 2nd and see what comes, what's said out of that. And then you start watching to see if does he make any trips during the season, does some home games. You know, we saw that happen last year, and we saw it not pay off. I mean, <laughs> we saw Walker come to every, I think, every home game that we had last season, and he still spurned us on signing day to stay with UCF. So, I mean... You know, we saw Baxter come to quite a few games last year. So it never hurts to keep trying and to keep getting them to come. As we've said in the past, this staff does not quit recruiting kids. They they stay on them. They recruit them. They recruit them. I think um, he was supposed to be at Ohio State. To me, the big part of that is he was supposed to be at Ohio State that weekend, uh, I think, of June the 2nd. And for him to – I don't want to say spurn them. I don't use that word, but for him to say, okay, well, I won't go to Ohio State June 2nd. I'll come with DJ Ladway. Again, to keep pointing out how big having that kid in this class is. And I just echo everything. I don't want, I'm not going to add much to that. It's just, I just want the fans to know that he was supposed to be to Ohio State June 2nd. And he squished his visit up from Ohio State June 2nd to come with Lagway, which speaks to what we talked about Lagway. Uh, we, we always talk about that's why I kind of asked kind of what was that way on the field because we, we keep talking about how good this kid is off the field and his connections and networking and how magnetic he is and, and I'm, I'm not going to add any more the kid is just special and if we get him same thing I said about uh, the offensive lineman not too long ago this is if we, I'll give the staff credit the staff, the staff would uh, should get credit for getting him in but this is all about that quarterback, man. This is all about QB1 and, and Lagway. We don't have a shot with any of these guys if it's not for him. Yeah, the thing with, with me, 
And I saw a lot of it on Twitter. And if you're one of these people that, that when he announced he's official visiting and you just said, oh, we're not going to get him. Why are we even trying? Friggin' shame on you, man. Like, I, I don't – we gave the last staff hell because they didn't try for these high-ranked kids. They just would look at a kid like Jeremiah Smith and say, ah, it's too much work. It, at least we are – we're trying, at least we're trying to recruit these kids. And some of these battles we're winning. Uh, that's a lot of it too. Dan Mullen wasn't going to win for TJ Lagway. Ain't going to happen. That, that ain't going to happen. He's not going to do that. So I, I don't even know if he'd started recruiting DJ Lagway because you look at kids, they would look at kids like that and we wouldn't even try because we were just, ah, that's too much work. Like a kid, like um, even, even, you know, whatever your opinion on, Arch Manning was there was never an attempt really to even reach out to a guy the, the number one quarterback number one rated player there was no attempt to even reach out to a kid like that which is not good when you when you look at the University of Florida we should reach out to every kid that that we think is that good or especially the kids that are in the top 30 of recruiting rankings five star kids they should all have offers from us there shouldn't be a kid out there that we, we don't try to recruit. So to me, it just speaks a lot to a staff knowing that Jeremiah Smith is an up is an uphill battle. Getting a kid like him to commit is going to be an uphill battle. You're punching up. But to go ahead and say, we're still going to try because we know how good of a talent this is. And we're gonna we're gonna give it everything we got. We're gonna we're gonna put all the chips on the table. It speaks a lot for where the staff is now and how they approach recruiting as opposed to how we've approached recruiting for the last 10 years or so. Um, so to, to me, I think it's a good sign. Whether we get them or not, it, it to recruit them this hard and really give it everything you got, it, it makes me feel better than if we were just to have you know left them on the table a long time ago. Yeah, and I mean, and they're still they're still swinging on that on him. They're still sw- you know swinging by, on JoJo Trader behind the scenes. They're they're not leaving any of these top kids unturned. I mean, you've seen them on Colin Simmons. You've seen them on you know just multiple multiple kids in that five star range with us being involved in somewhere you know shape or another. And there's other ones that are just popping up now that we didn't even know they were talking to. One of those I want to talk about real quick is uh, Jamonta Waller, who's an edge rusher out of Mississippi State, 6'2", 225, number 102 currently in the composite. A week ago, nobody was really even talking about Jamonta Waller and the Florida Gators. Now you've got, you know, he set a visit on June 16th, and he set that visit specifically because he wanted to visit with Kanan Daniels, who he's buddy buddy with at our commit running back commitment out of Mississippi, out of West Point, Mississippi. So there you go. You've got another kid right on the cusp of top 100, an edge rusher, tremendous position of need for us. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. I know Wes, Wes is all about. You know, when are we going to get an edge? When are we going to get an edge? <laughs> and, and, and here you go. I mean, you got this kid, young man. I, I listened to some to an interview the other day uh, with Steve Wiltfong of 247, and Steve was going on about how he believes that this is a kid that wants to get out of state. He wants to leave Mississippi. Uh, Penn State has been kind of thought to be the leader for, for a while now for this young man. But here comes Florida. Uh, an SEC school. So that's, you know, that means a lot to some of these kids. Well, I can stay in the SEC. Um, warm weather, you know, you know, we've talked about that a lot of time. A lot of these kids from the South don't want to go play at Penn State and, and have to wear three layers of clothes under their pads and be cold. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> when you're a Southern boy, you don't like to go get cold, man. It just don't sit right. Um, but also, Somebody he knows already committed to Florida. He sets up a visit to come visit with Florida. So that's a situation right now to really watch closely as um, Coach Peterson and Coach Spencer really have turned up the heat on this young man and got him for a visit with his buddy, Kanan Daniels. 
could come out of this one looking like you might be a favorite on this. And and there you go. You'd have another kid right there at top 100. Add, you know, if you could add this kid to this class, that's just, hey, tremendous job. You know, another kid right there on that elite, you know, that cusp of being elite. Um, another kid this week that came out with the top three that we haven't talked a whole lot about on this show, Aaron Childs. Linebacker out of Maryland dropped his top three, and it's Michigan, Florida, and Maryland. And most people have said that this really looks like a Michigan Florida battle. They haven't heard Maryland very much in this. I think they're just getting a shout out because they're the home team. Um, you know, big time six three linebacker, man, number 75 in the composite. Coach Bateman not taking any days off recruiting this cycle, guys. I mean. We've heard about Christopher Jones, and and word on the street is the Gators favor favor Christopher Jones over this kid. They they they've really worked hard at rec- uh, recruiting that kid. Most people that you talk to think that we might be the leader, if not just the outright leader. I know uh, he had a crystal ball drop for him by Blake Alderman of two four seven a week or so ago. Uh, he's going to also visit on that same weekend as as Waller though of June sixteenth. And I believe he's supposed to visit Michigan the week after that and then probably make a decision sometime soon after that. So, I mean, once again, though, here's another top 100 kid. You're not hearing a whole lot about out there. You know, you're not seeing a whole lot of action about him on Twitter or out there anywhere talking about Florida. But here's another battle that we're square in the mix of top 100 kid position of need. I mean, give me all the linebackers this class. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got we took Jaden Robinson last class and and no one else. Uh, linebacker's been hurting here for a while. I think we'll all agree with that. So, guys, I mean, let me start with uh, you, CJ. I mean, are you, this staff really seems to be just working behind the scenes on a lot of these kids and, um, you know, never taking any kind of time off, you know, and working these guys. Yeah, yeah uh, I think – Bateman too has been pretty quiet about it because he's recruiting kids in an area where he's from in that mid Atlantic uh, area up there. You know, so. it's where Charles is, it's where uh, Jones is. So you know, you're working up there and everybody's like, Oh, why are we not doing, why are we not getting kids in Florida? You guys know who came from that area, that mid Atlantic area, Mr. Brandon spikes came from that area right up there. So they have talent. This is where he's from. He's using his connections. Um, linebacker last year is it, we missed on it and it sucks. But the thing with the linebacker is by the time we got into the linebacker race, um, by the time you get everybody here, a lot of those guys were off the board yeah. because linebacker is a lot like the quarterback position. We saw it with miles Graham. Miles Graham got on with us last year early linebackers get in the class early because they're going to be your leader on defense. They're going to be your guy who's going to galvanize the rest of the guys that he's going to play with on defense. So we were just in the mix late for a lot of those guys. Sure, we missed on a few of them. Um, but you got Jaden Robinson, and Jaden Robinson in the spring game, guy looks like a ball hawk. Um, so, you know, it, it looks like we got a good talent there. We got a bunch of linebackers in the portal um, to, to add to these guys like Todd Mitchell, Manny Nunnery, and Deuce Spurlock. Um, to come into play, and now you've got two uh, two top fifty linebackers in in the class already. You're looking to add a third one. Maybe you add both of these guys. I think that linebacker is a position where I don't think you you would hurt bringing in four linebackers in a class. I don't think you will, but I, I mean I wouldn't be upset about it. I think that we need that. Um, I think that linebacker is a spot that was neglected way too often where you were taking kids who were just edge rushers in high school and expecting them to play linebacker and work coverages, or you were taking kids who were defensive backs in high school that were undersized. Um, and they eventually would develop for sure, but you had like projects. We need to get some guys in the class like Miles Graham who are linebackers. They played linebacker in high school. They understand the position. That's important because they're going to be able to come onto the field like Shamar James we saw last year, and pick it up a whole lot faster than guys like Wingo, who were great athletes, are great football players, but they're not great linebackers. Um, you know, 
it, uh, that doesn't mean they can't become one. And that doesn't mean you're not going to take those kids because you could project that way, but it's going to take a lot longer for them to develop. And I think we're in a position now where linebacker is that we have, we don't really have time to take a project. We really need to get kids that can play and contribute as early as possible. So I'm all for it. I, I love the linebacker recruiting right now. Um, this has completely flipped everybody's mindset on Bateman. We saw how good he could coach, and that was kind of my argument last year. It's like this guy's really made a lot of guys into better linebackers. We saw Amari Bernie go from a guy who was not going to be drafted to a guy who's now drafted and going to play in the NFL in just from one really good season of production. Um, so you've got to have some faith here. Uh, if he recruits this well – every cycle or close to it and he can develop like he's doing Jay Bateman might end up being the unsung hero of, of this, this coaching staff. So, you know, really he went from the outhouse to the penthouse, you know, seemingly overnight. So I, I give him a lot of credit. I really think he's doing a good job right now. Wes, you've been here since we've been here since day one and we've always, we've always said it, but is it true now? Does Bateman really have us? Ernst, you, you kind of read my mind. I wasn't going <laughs> to – CJ said everything. So I wasn't going to – all I was going to say is Bateman got us. Like, that. I was just going to leave it at that and go on to the next topic because what he's doing right now is remarkable with the – and we kind of gave him – Miles Graham said you really couldn't mess that up being who Graham was um, and being, uh, you know, he's a legacy kid. But what he's doing uh, since, uh, like CJ said, if we get four linebackers, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, I'm thinking that we'll probably get three. Uh, if we get a fourth, I mean, I'm not going to complain the way uh, we've been lacking. And, and to some of the stuff CJ was saying, is it, it is different and, and harder when you have to – when you're not having to play linebacker and you're taking these projects, defensive end, rush pass, and trying to put them there. Reading keys, pulling guards and tackles and all that stuff, that stuff is not easy. That's with these offensive schemes and stuff that these offensive coordinators are coming up. And if you've never been taught – that and you starting from day one it's like learning a whole new language you have to from rushing the passer to going to linebacker and say okay i need to read this, this guard over here i need to read this tackle pulling or if the center does this if the running back goes here i got that stuff is like playing linebacker is very very hard so shot the bait you get as many guys in and if they have to transfer out because they get i'll be by I, I prefer that uh, i prefer the uh the bama Georgia model, you stack up, and, and whoever is the best guy wins. Real quick before we move on from this, and I, you touched on something about Miles Graham. You know, a lot of people have said, well, that was a layup. Let me just say this. Maybe so, but Ernest Graham is not going to send his his baby boy down here to play for somebody that's not going to get his young his son developed and ready for the next level. Uh, I it's just not going to happen. If he, if he thinks we got a scrub down here coaching the linebackers, he sure ain't going to make the decision as fast as he made it. No. We watched Dan <laughs> Mullen. We watched Dan Mullen list a lot of layups. A lot of a legacies, lot of yes, layups. because of because of poor development and poor coaching. And Ernest Graham's been around. He's seen good coaching. He's played for good coaching. And he's not going to sit here and say, eh, that guy's not very good of a, a linebacker coach. But you know what? My son will be good. He, You know, it's Florida. How bad can it go? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I get the sentiment. Oh, it's a layup. But it, it, all and layups baby, aren't the same. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't think we said baby got two linebackers drafted last year. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, absolutely. People don't, people don't talk, like he got two linebackers drafted last year who we didn't think might have gotten drafted, but they got drafted. Yeah, Ventrell got drafted higher than I thought he would. <laughs> yes. Um, Shout out to Bateman. Bateman got us. After playing all season on a broken foot, I mean, you know, but he's doing a good job, folks. And I can't wait to see him with now he gets to coach kids that are his kids that haven't right. been coached by other people and have bad habits. He's got to break down. Shamar James, Scooby Williams, uh, you know, and he's got Wingo in there too. And, and Tahadam, you know, Mitchell is going to be there, but Nunnery's a young one. Spru- Spru- just young guys he can coach and, and, and 
really mold. Now we're going to see some linebackers flying around next year. Um, one more piece of high school recruiting news before we move on to some transfer. Uh, Jordan Pride yesterday, if you if you might have missed this, maybe not, um, committed to Texas A and M. Of course, Jordan Pride decommitted from FSU uh, a little over a month ago, and was you know it was expected that he may come to UF. Sorry about that. <laughs> and um, he curtain. took a trip to Texas A and M. And this week commits to Texas A&M. Guys, if if you're on the ledge about this one, just remember who's making decisions at safety position this, this year. <laughs> Corey Raymond knows very well what's going on with some of these guys he's after. And there's been a lot of talk that, that Jordan Pride might not be the player he once was. He's had, you know, he's coming off an ACL. And and let's just be honest. There's some couple kids in that room, I believe, that are a little higher up right now than Jordan Pride and and Zay Mincy is probably the top dog on that list. Uh, things stand really good for Zay Mincy right now in the University of Florida. So if you're you're sitting here saying Raymond's washed, he missed a layup, you know any of that kind of nonsense just because this kid went to Texas A&M. Step away from that ledge for a second and, and realize that this man's got a plan and he's recruiting at an elite level right now. We just pulled a five-star safety. <laughs> Following up an absolutely electric defensive back class from last year when he wasn't recruiting the safeties. I'm not worried about Coach Raymond recruiting, uh, getting one more, at least one more safety in this class. And we're going to talk about that right now, guys. We might have one sooner than later as uh, we have a visit, visitor coming up on May 15th. Uh, Rhode Island transfer Antonio Carter, 6-1. Some are calling him a safety. Others are calling him a nickel slash star. I believe he's one of those guys that, like you've already seen with this coaching staff, can play a multitude of positions. He could probably play a little corner if need be. But, but corner, safety, Nickel just can play these positions. Um, he's out of Orlando, Florida. He'll be visiting, like I said, here on May 15th. And the word on the street is Coach Raymond really, really likes this kid. The kid came out in an article today, said UF was his dream school growing up. I know a lot of people cringe when they hear a kid say UF is the dream school. I know in years past that hasn't been it hasn't been the best of luck for us. It's kind of been uh, a little bit of a curse, but I believe that curse is broken. I believe we can move on to another, you know, just like the IMG curse and the <laughs> any other curse that, you know, y'all want to say that we have. Guys, what, uh, CJ, what's your thoughts on, on this young man coming down? He's got a great stat line. I, I like, uh, like his size. I think he's, built to play the position. I think that a lot of people are making too much about where he's coming from. And I really don't understand that. I, if you can ball, po- folks are going to find you. Um, so I don't care where he played at. It really doesn't bother me. If if you're like big fish in, in a little pond, you still want to get the big fish out of the little pond, right? He's still going to be a big fish. He's just going to be playing in a bigger pond. Um, so, so you take, you take the kid there, he's still going to be able to perform when you, when you talk about skill set, you talk about length, size, um, how he plays the game, Corey Raymond's going to evaluate him. He knows what he wants. He knows what he's looking for. Um, the kid has just taken his talent to another school to really show what he can do. It's like having an extra, you know, few years of high school, um, against better competition. This is like playing elite high school competition at this point. So evaluating from that that side of things, um, you get him in. He's not, and, and two, when you're talking like a defensive back, it's not as he has like a team around him. When you're playing defensive back, there's a lot of guys. There's other guys on the field. He's going to play a position um, that that's going to fit him the best. And I think we've already got that marked out for him. Like I said, I'm not worried about the smaller school kids. We've got a lot of the kids that came from smaller schools on the roster now that performed very well last year, um, that came from the Sun Belt, that came from the Conference USA, 
you know, places like that that, you know, aren't exactly seen as big time conferences in, in your football, but they come here and they can play. And I think that too much is made out of uh, where they're coming from more so than how they play the game. So I'm, I'm confident in the decision that we're making. I think he's going to be a great player for us if he, if he doesn't end up at the University of Florida. Wes, you got any thoughts about that young man? Yeah, whether he plays star or if he plays uh, in uh, safety, uh, we both we all know we need help in both of those areas. I feel like uh, the depth there is uh, is thin. Uh, if you got a guy that was out there making plays uh, to everything you guys said, then you want that type of guy on your team to see what he can do uh, in these practices. And then I trust Corey Raymond. So if Corey Raymond wants him, then I'm on board. Uh, Corey's shown his his resume speaks for itself. Uh, this kid uh, has a lot of talent, and I, I'm still skeptical with the star position. I think I talked to you guys about it before as far as I think Perkins struggles sometimes with the defense, and Jaden Hill still uh, – he has two knee surgeries. So, to me, uh, his recovery, uh, he might not be the athlete that he once was ever again. So, uh, I don't mind getting more guys back there in the secondary to, to assist. I'm, I'm straight on the corners, but the safety's in the, the nickel uh, – Spot, um, I'm all for it. How many scholarships we got left, CJ? <laughs> Three or four. Four. <laughs> I mean, we have four spots as of as of this recording. Use them. Uh, use them all. Fill them. <laughs> That's why. Look, I said fill them up, up, baby. We need Look, the depth, baby. Get them on campus and figure it out. Um, yes, sir. That because we did give Khalil Jackson a scholarship. We put him on full scholarship for those that haven't heard uh, the wide receiver walk on Khalil Jackson did earn his scholarship. And that's why you don't see uh, Florida going after any receivers in the transfer portal right now. They're very satisfied with their room right now as it stands. So I know a lot of people are like, why? Well, these guys see, they see them, they've seen them in practice. They've got an idea what they've, what they, you know, what they've got on campus. Trail still got to come in. So we got one more going to come in and be part of this room here very shortly. So, um, Trey, not Trail, Jeremy, Hirsch ain't getting no names right tonight, guys. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> He's going to practice, though. I, I'm going to have to hit the daggum uh, practice field and, and work on saying names right for this week. One more guy we want to talk about, guys, that visited last weekend. This one kind of came out of nowhere. And you talk about, you know, being satisfied with the room. This one kind of surprised some people. Houston running back transfer Alton McCaskill visited last week. Uh, if you haven't heard about this young man yet, he's tore his ACL last year. But his freshman year, the young man had 961 yards and 16 touchdowns as a as a freshman at Houston. This kid is a big-time running back. I don't know if he's going to end up at Florida or not. He visited, though, so that shows that staff is interested. Guys, why is Florida looking at another running back, especially a running back that seems to be as as dynamic as this one, Wes? What is your thoughts on that? Uh, you, we talked about we didn't know we were going to get Carroll uh, coming in and because he had already played some years. I, I love it. Uh, if, we're gonna, if we're not going to go and we, we're not able to get Gibson in this class, Next year, you know that Montreal is gone. More running backs have a short shelf life. So if he has another thousand, close to thousand yards, he's going to go where he gets drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. That's just how the running back position is devalued, and that's how that goes. So that leaves you with, and Carroll might be gone next year. So that leaves you with Treon and Etienne going his last year. And if you got a, if if you have a, a guy that did that his freshman year on playing college football, and he put those numbers up, and uh, he'll be off year two, possibly next year, as far as uh, running the, the football, then you take that guy because you're going to have two other freshmen coming in with Daniels and Bowens. So, you, you again, it goes back to you can't have enough dudes. You got to keep stacking the room. Best man wins. That's just how you, you got to recruit now uh, with the transfer portal and all this stuff going on. You want competition. Competition breeds the best out of everyone. And if you're not cut up for it, then get out. So I'm, I'm happy that we're, like you said earlier, we're going to keep shooting our shots at guys and we want ball players. And you're going to keep get, trying to find the best ball players in the country. 
And if this kid is one of the best running backs in the country and you take your shot and you, if he wants to be on, then I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, Billy knows what our strength is. He knows we're, we're going to be stronger running the football than we are throwing it uh, next year. You need as many running backs as you can get, as many bodies, because you're going to have guys that are going to be getting tons of carries. I could see feasibly each of these guys getting 10-plus carries every game um, because of where we're at. Um, so I don't have a problem with that at all. I think the guy showed that he's going to be a good player. Um, I think he's had a great season, you know, his freshman year in 21. Um, if you can get a guy like that in there, you're going to get some experience play because like you said, next year, you're not going to have trail. He's pretty much going to the NFL. Um, you're not going to have uh, Cameron Carroll cause he's out of eligibility. Um, and then you're just going to be with Trey on and then um, Trevor, of course. So you've got Trevor, who's going to be your experience back at that point, but then you wouldn't, have anything behind him aside from Trayon as a sophomore who might not get to carry the ball as much this year, um, and then a couple of freshmen. So you, you need guys that know what they're doing, especially when you're looking at the way the team's going to shape up. McCaskill would give you a, a solid uh, senior presence, a elder statesman, if you will, in the running back room to go to go into that next transition to where you can push him and Trevor off and then you could really start to come back with the youth now that they've had some some time to learn and grow in the offense. I don't think it's going to take them long, but you still don't want to, you know, take take it for granted that they're still going to be freshmen. You know, a freshman's a freshman. It, you know, Ankles still, turn, hamstrings it, pull. Like I said, you got a running back room that's going to be getting a lot of carries, a run-heavy offense. Bill used three to four running backs every year in his offense at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. So – I would expect him to do the same here, especially with where we're at on the quarterback side. So you know, I wouldn't ever look at, you know, adding running back depth as a bad thing right now. And I understand the whole argument is, oh, well, we have so many other positions of need. Why would we get a running back? Well, there's, you know, a lot of times where you, you can't like just put these scholarships in your pocket. You know, they don't, they don't double next year. You don't get to, you know, use them again. You, you've got to use them. Um, and if, What's your other positions of need? If they're not in the portal, why not use them? I mean, it's not like there's a big-time tight end that we could use. There's not a bunch of offensive linemen we can use. There's not a great quarterback in the portal that we could add. So use them wherever else you can. It looks like we're going to go defensive back, running back, maybe an offensive lineman, hopefully if we can find one in the portal. Yeah, and you're – you also got to remember that Billy's not just looking at this team for next year. He is thinking about this team two, three, four years down the road. And like you said, you blink, and then next year you've got Trevor and Webb and two freshmen in the room. Whereas if you could bring in a kid like McCaskill, and we're not saying this is happening, guys, it, it very well – may not it's probably more likely that it won't because i bet you somebody will probably throw some serious nil dollars at the young man to get him to come down there but he's good i know me and cj had talked about this earlier this week this would be the ideal situation for him because he could come in get some light carries coming off of the acl where you're never a hundred percent in that first year back you know between just the knee strengthening itself and your self-confidence is a little, you know, you take it, you don't run the same coming off that ACL that first year. You see it with most athletes that are, you know, elite level athletes. They, they take a year to kind of get their bearings about them. Like, Oh man, you, you kind of have that worry in the back of your mind that, Oh, if I cut wrong, this could happen again. And you have to realize that that knee is going to hold up. So this would be an ideal situation for the young man to come in, get some light carries, learn the offense, and then be a workhorse with Trevor next year. But once again, I'm sure there's a team out there, I, I, you know, that's going to throw some some nil dollars at the kid and say, "No, you can come be our number one back now." And maybe that's what the young man's looking for. I don't know what kind of conversations he had with the staff while he was in town and what came of it, but. We'll see, man. The fact is they brought him in, so it it shows that they're seriously interested in it. And, guys, that's going to do it right now. Like we said, we had a lot of of different guys we wanted to talk about this week. 
kids are in and out of Gainesville. The staff is visiting high schools all over the country in the middle of the week. Uh, it's just a, it's that time of year, man. Uh, recruiting is just heating up, heating up, heating up, moving into what we expect to be a super busy June. So we're just going to keep you up to date as we hear names and as things get said and top threes and top fives come out. So with that being said, guys, CJ wants to try to talk a few of you guys that might be on the ledge about the baseball team uh, off the off the edge of that ledge there. CJ, help these guys out, man. It's not football. <laughs> it's not football. It's, I mean, I, I understand a lot of you have tuned in now because of me, and I, I thank you for that. I really do. Some of you are li- watching Gator baseball for the first time. But you've got to understand, losing a game, losing a series, it sucks. You don't want to lose a series, but it's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, we've lost two series all year, both of them on the road. We haven't lost a series at home, which is the main thing. Don't want to lose at home. Lost two series on the road, both in conference play. You didn't go on the road and get swept by, like, Miami or something. You, you lost to two really good baseball teams in the conference. And, you know, you took – you had like the weird ball situation at the end of the, the last game against A&M. Um, you know, it wasn't like A&M just whooped our butt. I mean, it, it doesn't suck to lose. Sure, I get it. I understand it. But it's not the end of the world, especially with Vanderbilt coming into town this weekend. Uh they're coming to, to our to our place. They're going to be at Conjure. That's a massive series for us. Vandy is in a corner right now. Uh, Vandy got handled by the Alabama Crimson Tide last week. And luckily for us, a lot of the other teams we were going uh, going against in the the top five there in the conference lost their series. LSU lost the series. Um, South Carolina lost their series. Vanderbilt lost their series. So that helps us a lot. Um, it was just a bad weekend for a lot of teams. But you're coming into this series against Vanderbilt. You've got to win one series and not get swept in the other based on the history that shows us you need to get to the 18-win mark, I believe, in the SEC to be one of those top eight seeds. Um, if you can get past that, you've pretty well locked it up. So if we win both of the series against Kentucky and Vanderbilt, we've locked that up. Um, you know, you don't want to get swept at all. You can't really can't afford to get swept. You want to make sure you get at least one. Um, but I, I think I think we're in a good spot to to beat Vanderbilt. Um, Hurston Waldrop has had some issues because of the NCAA saying that his pitching was illegal. Um, <laughs> apparently he was stepping too far forward. Uh, we're going to address that now in May. He's been doing it his whole college career, but now all of a sudden in May, we're going to do something about it. It's just part of the NCAA's plot to spite Florida at every turn. I'm used to it. It is what it is. It's it's not ideal um, because Hurst, Hurst has been your ace um, for a lot of the season. He's he's at 100, over 100 strikeouts now, only the fourth pitcher in UF history to have 100 strikeouts in a season. Um. So he's pitched really well. He's just going to have to fix it. You know, it's time. It's not up, not up or shut up at this point. You know, you're going to have to play. Um, so we're, we're looking at a really deep stretch to go through the last few games here, uh, last couple of series, and then we've got the tournament. Depending on how these last two series go, is going to really shape how we're going to approach the tournament. Um, so it'll be really interesting. All goes well and doesn't flood and doesn't, volcano erupt or whatever i should be in the ballpark on saturday um for the vanderbilt game so you guys see me there come say hi uh (laughs) i i'll be there having a great time i'll probably uh live tweet out a few things on the page if you guys want to check us out over there send a few pictures of the ballpark uh, for those of you haven't seen it um from things i'm doing my seats and you know maybe a picture of the trophy uh, trophy case front gate stuff that Everybody really should go and experience the the Darren O'Day bullpen is one of my favorite things to look at. So I'll be in the ballpark Saturday against uh, looking to 
hopefully take one from the Vanderbilt Commodores. They're a tough <laughs> team. I get to listen to that you-know-what whistle while I'm sitting there. Can't wait for that. <laughs> if you don't know who the Vandy Whistler is, look it up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. It's, it's you know, it's great. We're getting out of the nitty-gritty. We're getting make or break at this point, guys. So, really going to have to dig in now. And let's not forget that uh, our man Jack broke the record since last week, too. We forgot to mention that. He did indeed break the record, which is good. It's a good thing to get it behind you. You know, that way. You now know, you nobody, can just focus on smashing it. Now it's just making now that it's ceiling a little play. higher. That's right. Now you're not worried about breaking records. You're just worried about breaking baseballs. <laughs> it's that time of the year, man. It's going to start getting exciting real soon. And this is usually about the time I turn in. I kind of loosely follow through the season and see where we're at. And then once we hit the tournaments, that's when I really start to gauge in because I like watching tournament baseball, man. It's very exciting at the college level. Definitely. Guys, that's all we got for you this week, man. Uh, as you know, spring practice is over. Nothing really going on with the team that much. If if something were to happen week to week, we'll talk about it. But until then, man, we're just going to keep y'all tuned in on the on the comings and goings with recruiting. And CJ is going to talk his little bit about baseball for some of y'all that are freaking out. Some of y'all understand that it's you know it's it's a week to week thing. All that matters at the end of the day is that we we get into these get into the regionals here and, and whoop some tail there and and get to Omaha at the end of the day. So y'all just hang on. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. I see Nick Delatore out there, our buddy Nick that was on with us last week, man, just trying to explain to these people the same exact thing CJ just said. And they and they still give him hell about it every week. And it's funny to me because <laughs> 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 I kind of look at the end of the week as far as the week-to-week games go. All right, what did we do? But now I can't because I follow so many people that are involved <laughs> and watch the games that they kind of tell the story to me. And I appreciate y'all. All right, guys. Well, that's all we got for you for this week, man. We will catch you next week. CJ, do you got anything you'd like to add before we jump out of here? just want to thank you guys for getting us to a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube again. We really appreciate that. It's a huge milestone for us. It's going to help us out a ton with our exposure. And you guys, make sure that you always support us as creators on our other platforms, Twitter, the Patreon, the Facebook, all the things. Go help us out. Download the podcast. Share the podcast with those. you got friends that are Gators. I'm sure they would love the you know to join in on this. You guys always keep engaged with us, asking questions, answering questions we might have for you guys. It helps us out a ton. Just because we're not giving out a hat, anymore doesn't mean you should <laughs> like and subscribe and comment keep doing those things you know keep keep involved with us that way you know if we do something again um and of course if you did miss the hat you didn't win it all shucks that stinks but it's okay because we have a link you can go to our friends at alma mater and buy the hat you buy you buy two hats you buy three hats four hats five hats you get a hat and for a everybody and a candle for Wes. <laughs> Mother's Day, man. Mother's That's Day. Mother's Day, baby. Get that they've Mother's got, Day candle before it's couple, too late, guys. I've got a couple of us. Uh, Matter of fact. Fresh pulpwood uh, and I think citrus are the few candles they have on their websites. The so link, if you want to get involved. The link will be in the bottom of this podcast on YouTube. So click that link. Use our link and go shop with those boys. They have a lot of great stuff over there. Check them out. Uh, you, even if uh, Father's Day is next month, it might be something that you want for Father's Day next month that you can go ahead and say, hey, shop here. Get that for me, baby. Uh, I need that. Uh, you don't have to. I don't ask for much. I just want some flaws. I don't ask for much. Yeah, I don't ask for much. Just give me some flaws. Just get me three shirts from Alma Mater. And yeah, they got this brand new Jack Tawny T-shirt out. Yeah, they got it in black and in blue. Yeah. So if you want one for Monday, one. For a lot Tuesday. of you guys, a lot of you guys didn't follow the instructions. So we are doing a giveaway in June as well. So we're not doing anything for May. We're going to do the same thing for June. You're going to have sure. to be on the lookout for that, though. Yeah, wait to see what to... we get for June. It might be something yeah, really you, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll mention what we're going to give away. We'll let you guys know. But you have it won't to be like the same hat. Yeah, I promise you that. <laughs> you have to like, subscribe, and comment. You have to do those three things. So some of you guys dropped a comment, forgot to like, or forgot to subscribe. So you have to do all three, especially yep. uh, subscription uh, to our podcast to 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 get that. So, uh, yep. but shout out to our boy for for winning. 
make sure you get in touch with us so we can get that out to you. That's yeah, you, Chris know, Sorley. Or Hirsch is gonna be wearing the hat if you don't do it. No. <laughs> no, Hirsch 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 done disqualified himself this week by mispronouncing about five different names and, and stutter <laughs> stuttering his way through this podcast. I'm gonna it's have to karma. go hit I'm gonna have to go do a few laps after this. It's to karma get you straight. You and CJ was you and CJ was on me earlier before the podcast. It's karma. Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. We get West Hill for not being able to say Chris McClellan, and then I mispronounce every name in the book because I'm trying to talk too fast. That's that's what I get. All right, West man, take us home before I say somebody else's name wrong. As always, this is a podcast that support our troops. So thank you to all you guys out there that fight for us to be able to do this and deliver this for you guys. Uh, we support you guys. We love you guys. We're thankful for you guys. Um, this is a podcast that, that loves what you guys do for as far as fighting for our freedom. Uh, so those who support the troops, uh, as far as spouses, kids, whoever in your family, shout out to you as always. And uh, end it with this. Uh, we say it a lot. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, baby. We'll catch y'all next week. And make sure y'all turn tune in on YouTube to our Pod of the People episode this Saturday. Thank you, guys.